What's up, everybody? My name is Adam Badger, and welcome to Talkin' Fit. What's up, guys? Thank you for listening to Talkin' Fit. Uh, as usual, if there is anything you get from this episode that you find valuable or useful, please share it. Share it to your Instagram story. Share it to Facebook. Tag me. Uh, make sure you're subscribing to the show so that you get notifications when we release a new episode. Uh, and if you want to be really awesome, leave a five-star review and a, a five-star rating and a review on Apple iTunes. Those go a long way. And as I try to build the audience um, and continue to do these for free, I would love you guys to share it if you feel like they're useful. And if you feel like they're not useful, if you feel like I suck at this or I'm not communicating the information effectively – Tell me, share it too. Let me know if I suck at this so I can make it better because the better this is, the, the easier it is to consume the information, the more people we can help. Um, so quick little sidebar, we're going to be also bringing in some new guests over the next couple of months. I have a few interviews scheduled already just to give you guys uh, someone else to listen to besides just me, uh, other views on fitness, other things that uh, people that I can bring in that are either experts on stuff or just maybe have a differing uh, view from clients they've worked with to talk about this stuff with you guys. So I'm excited about that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to talk to other human beings and not just sit here and talk to a mic by myself at five o'clock in the morning. But it is officially spring, sun's popping out, weather's nice, pools are opening soon. So if you have made it to May and you've been super consistent since January or whenever you started trying to lose weight or lose fat, I applaud you. Just know that if you are getting the results you want, my main advice is don't question the process too much. Don't overanalyze it. If something is working for you, if you are consistently seeing changes in the mirror or it's easy for you to hit your uh, protein calorie goals or it's getting more, it's getting easier for you to understand the workouts that you're doing and progress in them, uh, don't overanalyze it. The results will come. If you're consistently losing weight, don't overanalyze it. The results will continue to come. If you aren't seeing weight loss, look for other progress markers or take a an objective look at your uh, consistency. If you haven't started uh, your weight loss journey or program or you, or you kind of like fell off, now is the perfect time. We've got about, like I said, eight more weeks till the summer and you can make some serious progress in that time. Not saying you're going for the quick result, but you can definitely establish some habits in eight weeks. And what we're gonna talk about today kind of relates to that. Uh, I'm going to give you my top five fat loss hacks. Um, now, these are more behavioral hacks to make the process of fat loss easier. These are not hacks to make you lose weight fast. Now, there's a huge difference. I'm not telling you things that are just going to shed 10 pounds in 10 weeks or anything crazy like that. The things I'm going over is to make the process of weight loss easier for you so that you can sustain it and do it for longer and these are all kind of piggybacked off of things that i see with clients that i work with with clients so again good quality information if you choose to apply it if you don't choose to apply it it's just some cool shit you heard and uh, it doesn't really help you so let's drop let's jump into it the first one one of my biggest fat loss hacks that i generally work with most clients on when we first start is eating breakfast, more specifically eating a protein-focused breakfast. 
Um, so not intermittent fasting, not seeing how long I can go without eating, starting your day with a protein-focused, balanced breakfast. Now, protein-focused means that the protein in the meal is the focus of the meal, obviously. It is what the meal is based on. So when you think of what you're having for breakfast or any meal for that matter, you should always be basing it on the protein that you're eating. The protein in the meal is going to be what you are basing the meal on, and then you're plugging in the carbs, the fats, the sides around that. Uh, and that might sound common sense to some people, but for some people, it's completely outside of their norm uh, when they're when they're choosing what they're going to eat. Especially for people who aren't used to eating protein-focused meals, they generally will eat what they normally eat, and then they're like, "How do I add protein to this?" And then they're just throwing some random like deli turkey on the side, or they're just you know cooking an egg just to say they ate protein. And there's a huge difference between protein-focused meals and just throwing in some protein to say you ate protein. So eating a protein-focused breakfast is a a great way to start the day because it's gonna ignite that metabolism with a balanced meal. It breaks the fast of sleeping, but more importantly, behaviorally. The rest of your day, you're going to have more balanced hunger levels as opposed to skipping breakfast, getting to lunch, starving, eating something small or grabbing something out to eat, and then you're coming home and you're ravenous, and then that's when the nighttime binge eating happens. Starting your day with a protein-focused breakfast will really limit or decrease or eliminate the amount of nighttime snacking that you do. And I know that there's there's a big space between uh, when you eat breakfast and when you're doing the nighttime snacking. But starting your day that way, again, sets your blood sugar, your, your hunger levels into a more steady state for the rest of the day. So then when you get to your snack or you get to your lunch, you can make another protein-focused choice and you're not making choices out of uh, like reactive choices. You're not making reactive choices like I'm starving, I need to eat something. You're making more planned choices, which brings me to pro, uh, fat loss hack number two, which kind of piggybacks off this, is have protein at every meal. This does not mean throw in some protein onto every meal. It means have at least 30 to 40 grams of protein at every meal. If you're like, how do I get 30 to 40 grams of protein? You can look at any of the times I've posted uh, a free protein list, or you can just email me and I'll send you a list of proteins that'll help you fit that. But essentially, if you want to keep it super simple, it's generally going to be any type of lean meat uh, or fish or eggs or like Greek yogurt, or if, if you want to, like some sort of whey protein powder scoop uh, is going to get you that 30 to 40 grams of protein. Eating 30 to 40 grams of protein at every meal is A, going to make that meal more protein focused and B, going to steady out those hunger levels throughout the day. If you are coming home from work and you're starving and one of your you know, hurdles with weight loss is nighttime snacking, if you're having protein focused meals throughout the day, that hunger completely disappears. That Those cravings really go away They or drastically decrease on day one. And this is why it's a great fat loss hack because it's first day you do it, you're going to notice results. And when I say results, I mean behavior results, less cravings, less nighttime snacking. And think about that compounded over the course of weeks and months, how much, how many calories you can be cutting out of your diet, how many unnecessary calories you can be cutting out of your diet by just eating more protein throughout the day. 
And that's generally what I mean when I tell people they need to eat more food to lose weight. It doesn't always mean eating more calories. It means eating more food, more volume of food spread out throughout the day so that you're not as hungry, you're not as likely to snack. One of the biggest behavior patterns I see in people who are overweight is A, they skip breakfast or they're not hungry in the morning. And B, they make food choices only when they're starving. They are very reactive when it comes to eating. Most people who want to lose weight, they're almost afraid to eat. They want to avoid food as much as possible because they don't trust themselves to eat moderate portions or they don't know what to eat. So they try to avoid eating. But what happens is by avoiding eating, it stretches out that hunger longer and longer. You get hungrier and hungrier throughout the day. You're more brain fog, all that stuff, more cravings. And by the time 3 o'clock hits, every food that you know that you're quote-unquote not supposed to eat sounds 10 times more delicious and your cravings are tenfold. So you're more likely to snack. And as soon as you get in the door, you'll eat one Ritz cracker and next thing you know, your entire pantry has been run through. So there's the, that's the difference between being more planned throughout the day, having more of a plan, having more of a routine throughout the day where you're eating protein-focused meals. When you get to the end of the day, you're not going to have that intense, ravenous, nighttime craving sort of feeling, which is going to lead to more mindful decisions. So again, kind of, kind of blocking off of that, we'll kind of recap fat loss hack number one. Eat a protein-focused breakfast. Fat loss hack number two, have protein, 30 to 40 grams of protein at every meal or every snack as well. Again, if you're at 29 grams of protein, not the end of the world, but you get my point. Have protein-focused snacks, protein-focused meals. Doesn't mean that they have to be only protein. You can absolutely and should absolutely be eating carbs and fats, but the protein is the focus. It's the main part of the meal, and those are the sides, all right? Fat loss hack number three is going to be limiting your options, putting yourself in situations that where you are forced to succeed. Now, this doesn't mean eliminating anything, but it means limiting your options on a regular basis. And I have to emphasize this so much because there's so many general uh, objections to this. People are, they think they don't have time to plan or they don't want to eat, you know, similar foods every day. And I always, always, always have these conversations with clients. When you are planning, it sounds like you're spending more time doing something, right? So you have work, you have kids, you have whatever you got to do for the week. And it's like, oh, well, now I have to plan my meals for the week. I don't have time for that. I don't have time, right? Planning your meals will save you so much time. That one hour of an investment on a Sunday or Saturday to plan meals for the week will save you hours throughout the week daily because you're not going to be wondering, what am I going to eat? You're not going to be leaving and going to the store multiple times to pick stuff up. You're not going to be like, ah, shit, I don't know what we're eating for dinner. Now I got to order something and spending more money. It is cheaper and saves more time to plan your meals in advance. And it puts you in a situation where you have a more, not even limited options, but you just have more specific, clear-cut options. If you bring lunch to work and someone says, we're ordering in from 
uh, Panera or something like that, you now can say, oh, no, I don't want Panera. I'm going to eat the lunch I brought because I don't want to, like, throw it out, right? Uh, that gives you clear-cut options as opposed to someone goes, I'm ordering in Panera, and you're like, well, okay, I kind of want Panera, and now you're looking at the Panera menu, now you have all these options, and you're like, well, what's healthy? Uh, what can fit in my macros? How do I look this up? How do I track this accurately? And it's just an overload, and we want to eliminate that decision fatigue throughout the day. We're making decisions all day long. The less dec decisions we have to make, the more clear we can be about the decisions we're making. If you have to make 100 decisions a day and 27 of them have to be around food, you're going to be sick of food by the end of the week. You're going to be sick of tracking calories and it's going to make it harder. If you can plan your meals in advance and give yourself more limited or clear cut options about what you're going to eat or what you have access to, now you can make those A, B choices as opposed to A, B, C, D, E, F, G, blah, blah, blah. You get my point. If you put yourself in situations to succeed, you are more likely to succeed. So a few a few tips with limiting your options. Uh, one is bringing homemade lunch to work every day. Again, I just explained that. If you bring the lunch to work, you don't have to worry about figuring out where you're going to eat. You don't have to worry about figuring out how to track something. You don't have to worry about figuring out what's healthy on a menu or anything like that. You just eat the lunch that you brought. It's already planned out. Again, this saves you time and it saves you brain energy, which is invaluable. Both of those are invaluable. Uh, another one, it's kind of an, uh, an odd one, is buy your dinners for the week. So when you're going grocery shopping, don't just grab meat or grab random things. Know what you're eating for the week and around which days. It doesn't have to be that exact. But, for example, when me and Meg go shopping on uh, Saturday or Sunday, we say, what do you want for dinner for the week? Okay, we're going to have uh, you know shrimp one night, uh, burgers one night, uh, pulled pork one night, salmon one night, and uh, steak another night. Those are usually pretty regular things in our house and but when i'm listing those off you can tell that they all probably taste pretty decent uh we eat tacos burgers pulled pork almost every single week i eat steak every single week but it's always fits into my calories and, and i always set my protein and uh it always tastes good so again this is not these are not crazy pinterest instagram recipes these are literally buying lean cuts of meat and cooking them on a pan and throwing it on a bun and just making sure everything's attracted. Instead of eating French fries that are fried, we're cutting up our own potatoes and baking them in the shape of fries. They taste almost exactly the same. Throw some salt on there. They're delicious. Not to go off on a tangent, I'm just, it's very, very easy to make healthy food that tastes good. It's not that hard. Uh, but anyway, plan your dinners for the week. Buy yourself five or six dinners for Monday through Saturday. This way, you are more likely to eat them. You don't have to go into every day and going, well, what am I going to have for dinner? Oh, I forgot to you know, I forgot to buy something or I didn't plan it out. I, I guess we're going to have pasta. I guess we're going to have to order a pizza, whatever. You, don't, you have limited options. You have five to six options. You have to choose one of those options uh, each day of the week. But to kind of uh, go along with that, every morning, so you, everything's protein-focused, right? So you're buying a lot of meat, so it's sitting in the freezer. I would put it in the freezer. Every morning... Take one of those out and put it on the oven to defrost because when you get home from work, that meat is now going to be defrosted sitting on the oven. It's going to be one of the first things you see when you get in the house and you're more likely to cook it because you know if you chuck it or keep it in the fridge, it's probably not going to stay good for too long. 
So this sets you up where now you have clear cut options, limited options. Do I throw out the grass fed beef that I let sit on the counter that I paid eight bucks for uh, just to order a pizza? Am I gonna make that choice or I'm gonna cook it and eat it and then afterwards I'm gonna be like, oh, uh, I'm glad I did that, right? We have more clear cut options. Also limiting trigger foods or food craving type of foods that you have limiting the ones you keep in the house. Super simple. This is actually requires less work because when you go to the grocery store, instead of buying the normal shit that you buy, just don't buy the things that you normally tend to overeat on. Does this mean that these foods are bad or you have to eliminate them from your diet? No. But if you know that when you get home from work, you're more likely to snack on these things or you're more likely to grab a handful of these chocolate chips or whatever it is, just don't keep them in the house. Most of the food we snack on or we, we tend to binge on at night are not necessities that we need in the house. They're not things uh, that are necessary for our health or necessary for our, uh, our productivity or anything like that. They're just things we're used to buying, so we buy them. Uh, and again, if you're following hacks one and two, you're not going to have these cravings. You're not going to be binge eating at night. But if you're also not keeping those foods in the house, because again, you're not really having the cravings, you're not you're having the, the binge eating tendencies, now they're just completely out of sight, out of mind. When you do have them in the future, uh, you know, they're gonna be they're gonna taste even better and they're gonna you're gonna enjoy them more and it's gonna be guilt free. So another one is uh, limiting the amount of alcohol you keep in the house. I know there's people who have like, you know, wine uh I don't know what they. I don't even know what the fuck they're called, uh, but like a like a wine shelf where they keep wines, or maybe people have like a, a liquor cabinet and things like that. If you're if you can limit the amount of alcohol you keep in the house, you're less likely to go for a drink each night. And I know for some people this might not be an option. Maybe you spent money putting in a bar in your house and you don't want to keep it on not stocked. Whatever. I'm not judging you. I like to have drinks too. But for me, what helps a lot is I just don't really ever keep alcohol in the house. Um, me and Meg love to have a couple of drinks, uh, but generally speaking, we're doing that on the weekend. So what we'd, what we'll do is we'll buy a bottle of wine on like a Saturday night, and then we'll generally finish the bottle of wine on Saturday night. Um, but we don't have like a ton of wine or a ton of alcohol in the house. If we buy like a bottle of tequila or something like that, obviously we're not drinking the entire thing uh, in a weekend or in a night. So there's generally some leftover, but it's in the freezer. It's out of sight, out of mind. And uh, again, it's like, you know, it's not a full, it's not 10 full bottles of alcohol that I have access to. It's whatever's left over. And generally we just save it for, for the following weekend. So limiting the access you have, limiting the options that you have on a regular basis goes a long way. So I know there's a lot of uh, little sidebars under the umbrella of limiting your options, but just kind of let that rattle around in your brain a little bit. If you have less options, less de decisions you have to make throughout the day, you are more likely to stay on track and stay consistent with your diet. It's going to be easier to track the food when you know you've what you're eating it's gonna be easier to track the food when you've tracked it before and it's already in my fitness pal all that stuff so eating protein uh protein focused breakfast every single morning eating protein focused meals 30 to 40 grams of protein every single meal and then limiting your options or giving yourself more clear-cut options throughout the day and throughout the week defrosting your dinner 
bringing lunch to work, limiting the amount of trigger foods you keep in the house, limiting the amount of alcohol you keep in the house. These are all really easy things to do. Um, it just doesn't feel easy right away because it's out of the norm for you. So just keep that in mind. If you start doing this stuff and you're like, uh, I'm not, but I'm not hungry in the morning, but I don't really like protein, but I, I always buy these chips and my kids like them. Like, don't let those barriers hold you back from changing your life or else it just means that you might just not want it as bad as you, you think you do. Um, if you, if you're not hungry in the morning, it generally means that your metabolism is kind of wrecked. So you need to start getting yourself eating in the morning and we can start small. If you don't like protein, it's usually because you're just not used to eating it. We can find ways to make it taste better for you or find alternative options if needed to lean meats. If you're not a huge fan of meat, but again, I deal with clients all the time, guys, I coach a lot of people and I always see people who say, they they're just don't really like protein on their intake form. When I ask them what foods do you like, they list off seven different proteins that they like. They say they like pork. They say they like steak. They say they like uh, you know chicken. They say they like burgers. So they like protein. They just don't want to have to eat it, right? So it's just more of a mental thing. And as far as the snacks in the house, if like oh, but my kids like them, my husband or my wife really likes them. Guess what? If they're gonna be mad at you or divorce you or you know. Um, dismiss you as their parent because you didn't buy the chips that they like then maybe you have other things you probably need to work on with them um next fat loss hack is going to be scheduling your workouts like appointments uh this one again you can make this as difficult or as easy as you choose to uh, we want to eliminate decision fatigue. You don't want to wake up every day and go, when am I working out? Uh, what, you know, what am I working out today? This is why it helps you have a workout plan to know which days you're working out and scheduling them in like your appointments. So as far as like when you should schedule a workout, when's the best time to work out? The best time to work out is the time that you know that you're less likely to skip. That is the absolute best time. So for some people, that's going to be first thing in the morning. For some people, that might be on their lunch. For some people, that might be at night. It really doesn't matter. What's more important is that you're getting the workouts in. But the way to hack this is you have to schedule them like appointments. So for everyone, this might there might be different strategies strategies they can use to do that. For some people, maybe they're going to work with a coach or a trainer or join a studio where they actually physically have to schedule classes and get into classes or make an appointment with somebody, and that's going to hold them accountable. But let's say you want to work out on your own, right? You still have to schedule them like appointments. I will bet you hundreds of dollars that if you made a dentist appointment or your kids had to go to t-ball that you would make sure that you got there on time regardless of what your work day was like and I, again there's going to be we're not ever talking 100 percent here there's going to be those 10 percent of the time where maybe something comes up and you can't but at the end of the day if you had a dentist appointment you would rearrange your work day i've literally seen people i do corporate wellness i've seen people leave work in the middle of the day to go to the dentist or show up late to work because they had a dentist appointment or leave early because they have a dentist appointment i don't have anything against dentists i'm just using that as, as an example my point is when it comes to workouts, people are just like haphazardly skipping them or just thinking that the, the, the time is gonna magically appear that they're gonna be like, oh, this is the perfect time to work out. You gotta schedule them like appointments. I schedule my workouts like appointments every single week. Every single week I know which days and what time I'm working out. 
Uh, and that's not a discipline thing. That's not a, well, you're a fucking trainer. Like, it's easier for you sort of thing. Because it's not. At the end, in the morning, when I get done training, you know, four in-person clients back-to-back, sometimes the last thing I want to do is stick around and do a workout. Sometimes I haven't gone to the bathroom in four or five hours, or I haven't eaten in four to five hours, or I've barely taken any sips of water, or maybe it's been very uh, physically exhausting. I've been moving around, moving equipment, loading weights, or maybe I've just had a lot of conversations. I'm just mentally drained. Maybe I have a bunch of calls coming up that I got to get on. Maybe I got to go pick up my son. Whatever the fuck it is, I make sure those workouts are scheduled in ahead of time because I need to know for my sanity what days and what times I'm working out for the week. I need to know that. And for for me, it's a very high on my priority list. So I will schedule consult calls or uh, client calls or client appointments around these times. Uh, you know, obviously the client appointments get plugged in first, the Zoom calls get plugged in first, but if I have back-to-back client appointments and I have three people who want to book Zoom calls and I know I only have a, a very limited time to work out in the morning, I will not book those calls during that one-hour slot that I schedule my workout in because that is how important it is to me. I am willing to potentially make less money or take on less clients in order to get that workout in because I know how fucking important it is. And you guys need to go about it in the same way because it is that fucking important. And you only got to do it like three times a week, three or four. So like it's not even every single day. You can make that happen. I believe that you can. Schedule your workouts like appointments. Put them in your calendar. Schedule out your whole week ahead of time. If you do this over and over, there will be times where you will miss one. It happens to everybody. happens to me. But overall, 90% of the time, you are going to be hitting those workouts, and that is going to get you 98% of your results. Last one, and this one is like a, uh, for most people, but it's very helpful, and I'll give you a quick little explanation why. Daily weigh-ins. Weighing in daily. You have to be educated on what this actually means, though. You are not weighing in to see if you're losing fat or gaining fat because you do not lose and gain fat overnight. You lose and gain fat over the course of weeks and months. So weighing in every day is going to give you a way to track your overall trend. But, B-U-T in all capital letters with an exclamation point. But the main reason you need to do this is because it is essentially a form of accountability. So even if you're ignoring all the, the last four things I said to you, this will hold you accountable. Because if over the course of five days, seven days, 14 days of weighing yourself every day, if your weight is going up and up and up and up and up, or it's drastically jumping up over time, you are more likely to take a look at your behavior. Now, this is why I have people work with a coach. It doesn't always mean that you're gaining fat. For some people who are trying to boost their metabolism at first, they're going to put on some lean muscle. They need to gain a little weight at first in order to lose more weight on the back end, yada, 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 all the stuff I talk to my one-on-one clients. But for the average person, if I'm speaking to 100 people or 1,000 people or a million people or even just 10 people right now, um, I know it's not 1,000 or a million, but <laughs> we can all dream. If I'm speaking to a large group of people, some who I potentially may never see again or hear from again, the reason why you need to weigh in every day is because it is a form of accountability on your behavior. All of the things I'm giving you right now, all of the uh, hacks I'm giving you are pretty much the opposite behaviors of people who are overweight. These are the behaviors of people who maintain a healthy body weight year round. 
that is why they they are hacks because they are literal things that I see, easy layup things that I see that drastically change people's lives and can help them lose 50 to 100 pounds because the opposite of the hacks that I'm giving you are what overweight people do every single day. They're skipping breakfast. They're not prioritizing protein. They're not having a plan for the day. They don't have a routine or the routine they has they have you know um, encourages weight gain. You know, they're eating whatever they want. They're not they're eating out too much whatever it is. Uh, scheduling, most people don't have any idea when they're going to be able to make it to the gym. It's always, I'm going to try and make it tomorrow. I think I can make it on Friday. Or maybe I'll try this. No, you got to schedule it like appointments. But the daily bands, one of the biggest behaviors I see with people who are overweight is they tend to not know how much they weigh on a regular basis. They will sometimes go weeks, months without weighing themselves. And it's because they don't want to see it. And, and I understand that. I empathize with that. But then that's when you step on the scale and you go, oh, my God, how did I gain 15 pounds? How did I get 10 pounds? Most people will say, oh, the last time I weighed myself, I was this. I'm going to weigh myself again. I don't know how I gained 5 pounds. I don't know how I gained 20 pounds, right? Because they're going months without weighing themselves. If you're weighing it every day, it puts you in a position where you have a daily form of accountability so that you can audit your behavior. I understand that this requires some mindset coaching. I understand that for, everyone, for some people, this is going to be very uncomfortable at first. But you have to understand it is not about losing and gaining fat overnight. It's about seeing what your trend is. If over the course of weeks and months, you're consistently gaining weight and you can look at your behavior and go, I'm not eating protein at breakfast. I'm not eating protein at meals. I'm not planning my workouts. I'm not you know, exercising as much as I should. I'm kind of drinking too much. I'm eating out too much. This will put pretty much play like damage control and stop that fire from you know burning down the whole forest and you'll be more likely to audit your behavior so protein focused meals limiting your options protein at every meal scheduling your workouts like appointments and daily weigh-ins these are my top five fat loss hacks if this was helpful to you in any way whatsoever please share subscribe leave a five-star rating leave a review i genuinely genuinely appreciate this guys but if you have any questions on this at all please feel free to reach out to me the link to my private facebook group is in the description of this show on apple itunes and uh, feel free to join in, ask me questions, interact with other people in there, and I look forward to hearing from you guys soon. Thanks.